Next on BYU Sports Nation, game day in New York City. Why BYU can accomplish something tonight they've never been able to do. BYU TV play-by-play man Dave McCann has the latest live from New York City, plus his, his conversations with Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher. And the head coach of BYU Baseball, Mike Littlewood, back in studio. His team ranked, rolling, and still rocking the mustaches. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live on a Tuesday in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. March 29th, game day in NYC, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who has gotten under the skin of a notable Valparaiso grad, Jerem Jordan. Oh, I guess I did. I just tweeted out something snarkily like I normally do just from the Valparaiso game notes, which had assumed that they would win and play in the title game, which was under the wrong date. Whatever, it happens. My, my wife is a former sports information director, so I'm sympathetic to the plight. But the fact that Valpo had assumed to win, hey, come on, man, in the game notes. <laughs> assuming a win in your mind is different than assuming a win in, in a public document, right? So Adam Amin of ESPN was giving me a hard time. I was like, why is he full court pressing me on this subject? He's a Valparaiso grad. Of course he is. I didn't realize that. He's one of Valparaiso's Yeah, he finest. came back at you and was like, I've been a guest on your show. Do you not read the graphics on your show, Jerem? No, because I'm asking amazing questions. And he took a screenshot. I'm not making the it. graphics. He took a screenshot of that graphic that said Valparaiso grad. He's right. I should have been paying attention. <laughs> but so should his SID yeah. in the game now. Truth. Even more... Better news from BYU Sports Nation. What? Thanks to Quincy Lewis. Man of his word. Who lived up to the word. He said he would make his first tweet from center court at Madison Square Garden if BYU got to the NIT Final Four, the NIT Semifinals, and he produced. This was half an hour ago. We're showing it on BYU TV. We tweeted it out on uh, the Twitter. Go Cougs, as promised my first tweet from MSG for my boys at Sports Nation. It, it has like over 100 likes already for his first tweet. I think he's going to feel the power of Twitter. Quincy, it's not like this every time, okay? Just so you know, there's going to be some tweets that don't get retweeted or liked at all. Don't worry about it. But fun that his first tweet was, was what he said. Earlier in the season, we wanted him to do it if they swept the LA Pepperdine series, LMU Pepperdine series. They did not, so here we are. It turned out for the best. His first tweet is way better at Madison Square Garden at center court. And from, remember, his story is he played for Dave Rose at Dixie, and then he played at Wagner in Staten Island. So he played in Madison Square he's Garden a couple times. He's back in his old times. stomping he's, grounds. Yeah, he's back there. He's from Provo, too. By the way, two players that Quincy used to coach, one specifically in TJ Haas, gets home from his mission today. This afternoon. He's going he's, he's to watch the game tonight. TJ Haas he gets back. released. Yeah, he will yeah. be back. Come on. And Nick Emery, apparently... Also played under Quincy Lewis at Lone Peak High School. Is going to rock short shorts? He said if he got 200 tweet, retweets on Sunday that he would rock the short shorts. I don't believe him. Didn't he learn from you when you were like, like hey, I, if this gets 200 retweets, I'll no. jump in a freezing cold pool. No, I'm in my 30s. He's young 20s. He, has, he still has stuff to learn. You know, I think he's 20. He might be 21. <laughs> I don't know. I don't believe Nick Emery that he's going to wear the short shorts tonight. I don't believe him. You don't think he's going to mess with the mojo? No, I Didn't don't. Zach Sayas say, I'll wear Nick Emery's long sleeves? They were like going back and forth on Twitter. I know. These we'll two, see. These two freshmen. 
Just some of the storylines <laughs> that we have to look forward to tonight when BYU takes Story the floor. Storyline 27 and 34. And here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's ball night in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. BYU men's hoops playing at 7 p.m. Eastern against Valparaiso in the NIT semifinals. That will be live primetime on ESPN and BYU Radio. Mm. We will be live an hour before that, 6 Eastern, with a BYU Sports Nation countdown to tip-off. Anson Winder will join us. Dave McCann live from New York, so check that out tonight. The baseball teams ranked 26th in one poll, number 24 in another. Also, freshman outfielder Kyle Dean is out at least six weeks with a stress reaction back injury, according to Jason Shepard. Now, Jason said that that's what happens before a stress fracture, according to Kyle Dean. Head coach Mike Little will will join us in the next segment, but here's what he told Jason Shepard yesterday about the injury. I mean, obviously, it's it's devastating news to us. Um, he's a guy that we need in our lineup to, I think, be our best. That's the conversation I had with him is, um, you know, for us to be the best team we can be, he needs to be in our lineup. Fortunately, we've had a couple guys step up. More from Mike Littlewood and those guys that have stepped up when he joins us, as Jerem just mentioned, later in today's show. BYU men's volleyball remains number three in the AVCA poll. The new number one team is UCLA, who, oh, by the way, the Cougars play two against on the road this weekend. In this format where BYU plays two at home, two on the road, BYU has never gone on the road to UCLA to play two and won both. They have never won both. Crazy, right? Let's make history. I think they need to win both to have a shot at the uh, number one seed uh, next week. So two weeks left in the regular season, by the way. And Jimmer Fredette scored 18 points, had five steals, five assists, and three rebounds in a 16-point Westchester Knicks win against the Canton Charge. We will talk to Jimmer tonight during our BYU Sports Nation countdown to tip-off. He will be at the game. Great reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. New York, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. The challenge to these guys will be from the experience before that we, we, we've been to this point. Let's, let's advance, okay? Let's get back there. Let's win the first game and get in the championship and then see how things, things fall. Dave Rose on Friday in Studio B. New York also happens to be the place where BYU currently has aspirations to advance and potentially win an NIT championship. The ESPN National Spotlight on two-seed BYU and one-seed Valparaiso at Madison Square Garden tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. That takes us to today's Twitter question. What kind of impact will tonight's NIT semifinal result have on BYU's season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At NickLee51, exposure. It's the only game on at that time. And to win at Madison Square Garden is huge for anyone. Also, another triple-double watch. Didn't even think about that third one. We have documented that this, because BYU is one of a very select group of Division I basketball teams still playing, yeah, if you like college basketball, there are going to be more eyeballs on tonight's game because there's just not that many options. So exposure for BYU, absolutely. Now, what will the result of tonight's game mean on how we collectively as BYU Sports Nation or how you individually, how Jeremy and I individually view the dynamic of this BYU season. Would it be the biggest win of the season? Ooh, I, I, don't, I don't feel like this. Well, you could argue because it's season on the line, it's in Madison Square Garden, it's on ESPN at 7 Eastern time, so that's actual primetime. Typically, BYU is on at like 9, so it's a little later. Uh, I think primetime is technically, what, 6 to 9? So you're kind of out of that window, but tonight you're in that window. I, I think that Valparaiso is the fourth best team BYU has played this season. 
I think it's Utah, Gonzaga, Colorado, and then Valpo. Valpo reminds me of St. Mary's, but they just beat St. Mary's by 16 at home. Some people are saying, Jerem, why wouldn't you put Gonzaga ahead of Utah? They just crushed them in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. In the, in the end, you could argue that Gonzaga is the better team. Yeah, they played head to – yeah. But those three, in whatever order. I'm, we're, I'm not here to debate that order. We're here to debate <laughs> whether it's the biggest win of the season. So – uh, I would say no, but it would be a significant win. It would be one of the top four wins, in my opinion, because it's the fourth best team BYU has played. This is kind of like, in my mind, a first four game for BYU in the NCAA tournament. Could have been, had, the, had it worked out better for these teams. Yeah, like, I kind of feel like both of these teams are in that category where they could have been playing in Dayton in the, one of the first four games. This is, a, this is against a top 50 RPI opponent. I wish that meant more now, but it doesn't. In one of the most famous arenas in the world. They are 29-6, yes. speaking of the Valparaiso Crusaders. Very similar to St. Mary's. Didn't have a great strength of schedule. Won a ton of games. They have 29 wins. Regular 29? season champions in the Horizon League by three games. So it's the same as UAB, right? So this is a one very good, experienced team that BYU will be playing. At a neutral site and a big stage for sure. But what does it mean and how does it impact BYU season as a whole? There's something to be said, right, Jerem, about BYU potentially winning their final game of the season? Yeah, that would be cool. To me, playing for a title would be significant. So if BYU wins tonight, the result of tonight to me is big because in five years in the West Coast Conference, BYU as a team has zero hardware to show for it. But if they were able to win tonight and then uh, play the winner of George Washington and San Diego State, they would have a chance to bring home some hardware. That would mean something, I think, to just have a championship, right? You want to win titles in whatever it is. Primetime opportunity, like I mentioned, 7 Eastern in New York City. That's cool. It's not going to be the number one thing on SportsCenter, but it'll make SportsCenter tonight, I imagine, because it's an ESPN property. Madison Square Garden. Every basketball player, even me, my 1.9 points a game as a sophomore at Caprio's High School. I, you I had a, that much? Yeah. I, I started half the games. I dreamed, uh, I dreamed a dream, as Lehigh said, that, B- <laughs> that I went to Madison Square Garden and played there. Every basketball player imagines playing there. I've seen a playoff game there. It is unbelievable. It is so awesome. So for those guys to be there, I think that's cool. And then, like I mentioned, fourth best opponent of the season. So it's a top five game, in my opinion, uh, for BYU. And it's been, I mean, this is a rivalry renewed. In 46 and 48, these two went at it, and they split it. This is the rubber match. BYU hasn't lost to these clowns in 71 years, 70 years. I made the argument last week that BYU's win against (laughs) Virginia Tech, because of the, the way that Virginia Tech was compiled, the fact that they had wins over Virginia and Miami in the regular season, they have a good coach. Yet they were a three seed in this tourney, and this is a one seed Valpo, yes, right? Yes, yes. Who so beat I, Oregon State on the road and lost to Oregon by six. BYU didn't match up well with Virginia Tech. Like That was a tough game for BYU to win, and so I liked how it felt, BYU winning a game against a team that they got out-rebounded by. It was close. It was in postseason play. Was there a single person that felt the same way as you on that? But yes, there were a few people that tweeted in and said, yeah, because they get to keep playing. And oh, because Utah's because of, not playing So it anymore. had nothing to do with Virginia Tech. No, okay. just because BYU gets to keep playing. So they weren't really in your corner. So here's the thing. Terry Nash <laughs> knocked some sense into my head. Okay, he's, he, he, <laughs> he opened the light again and said, look, winning at Gonzaga is That to me is the best win. Is amazing. Yeah. But if BYU runs the table and wins the NIT championship and they win their final game of the season, would that no. then trump the, winning at Gonzaga? This 
Tonight's game is tougher than tomorrow's game. I know, way. but winning yeah. an NIT, winning a championship, be what you just said, they've never, they don't have any hardware in WCC play. Would that trump winning at Gonzaga? Because that didn't give him a trophy. That's I'll not have, a championship. I'll have to gauge the fee- well. It's yeah, it is. It's the Spokane Invitational, and there's a trophy that BYU could. Well, make listen, itself. listen to this. They can B- go down to a trophy shop. BYU has a chance to do something tonight that they've only done once, one time before in program history, and that's win four consecutive postseason games. The only other time, 1951. Fittingly, BYU won the NIT that year. They have. They have won four straight postseason games once. A win tonight would equal that for the first time in 65 years. Furthermore, it would be a program first, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU, if they win tonight, it would mark the most wins in a single postseason tourney in BYU history. So you mentioned 51. 18th tourney, they win three games. Then they played in the NCAA tournament, too. So they won three and in the NIT. And they won eight game there, then lost. So this would be the first time a single postseason tournament ever where BYU would win four. That's what's at stake. BYU's won three in the NIT before. It was 2013. So th- there's an opportunity there. When Danny Ainge... And the Cougars in 81 went to the Elite Eight. That was a 48-team tournament, so they won three games. It wasn't like the setup now where you have 64 or now 68 teams. So what's at stake? There's some NIT history with BYU. I know it was a long time ago, but this is the fourth time BYU's been in the NIT semifinals at Madison Square Garden before. How many Division One teams can say that they won their final game of the season? Four, right? Because there's four tournaments. Well, the, Vegas, the Vegas tournament now involved in that as well as the CIT and the CBI. So there are five. Yeah, and that... And that tournament's pathetic, right? At, at yes. least the NIT has some yes. credibility. Yes, it has some credibility. Yeah. So you can add that CBI, to it. CBI, CID, get out of here. Point is, it's, it's a difficult thing to do to be able to say, we won our final game of the season, which is why I like what BYU is doing right now. It's, oh, it's unique. They're still playing. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's great. They're at MSG tonight. By the way, BYU 4-2 and two in neutral site games this year. This will be game number 7 in 10 neutral 10-8 on site. the road. So BYU has struggled a little bit, but they struggled at the beginning. They've been better the back half of the season on the road. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What kind of impact will tonight's NIT semifinal result have on BYU season? At Twiggy or Stone says, Winning the NIT is not a bad way to end the season. It could be worse. Win puts them in position to do that. Okay, I... I have to hold the press for a second because Scott Sterling released a, a volleyball version. ESPN just tweeted about it. Oh, boy. Here we go that's, again. That, that, that's a big deal, man. Here we that's go again. That's a big deal. You know what's also a big deal? The fact that BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood is in Studio B next. What's the number one concern he has about a ranked team that's 20-3? and three? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, tonight we've got an NIT pre- and post-game show. Check it out at 6 Eastern time. We're calling it Countdown to Tip-Off. Dave McCann live from Madison Square Garden. Spencer, myself, Anson Winder here to get you ready for BYU and Valpo in the NIT semifinals. Live from Provo, Studio Bizzle as you call it, and Madison Square Garden. So big show tonight. Normally that's a rebroadcast of the morning show. It is a live dish. Plus we have a post-game show right after the game. I would like to congratulate you on finally embracing the Studio the Bizzle. Oh. The Studio, oh, studio Bizzle. bizzle. Yeah. Yes. Have you embraced <laughs> the NIT, by the way? Uh, yeah. It's, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> like, I hope BYU wins it. I think that would be, uh, you know, a significant uh, accomplishment for the Cougars. That was I, the perfect I, response by you. Yeah, no, I, uh, I don't know. I'm very excited there in Madison Square Garden, still playing on ESPN. I mean, all that's great for the program. It is. What yeah. kind of impact will tonight's NIT semifinal result have on BYU season? At Ryben3 says it will show TJ Haas what he has to look forward to next year. And then in parentheses, if he gets released from his mission, of course. A comment about that. I've talked to Marty, his dad. He gets home this afternoon, TJ that is, and is going to watch the game with his family uh, tonight. So he was hoping to maybe go to the game in New York. He's going to be uh, back in Utah tonight. Very hey, exciting. TJ Haas home tonight. back from his mission playing BYU basketball next season. Joining us now in Studio B is another man we're excited to have on the program, Mike Littlewood. Head baseball coach of the ranked BYU Cougars, depending on which poll you look at. They're ranked in a few of them. But, Coach, before we, we get to all those numerics and all that important stuff that actually deals with baseball, um, we, I know you gave us your reaction on our, first, our collective first pitches yeah. last Friday, but BYU Sports Nation hasn't had a chance to hear from you on this desk. What do you think and about first awesome pitches? We were. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad, but I did lose a little <laughs> sleep over it, especially watching you guys warm up in front. So I dug through the archives, and I came up with this instructional video for you, and I don't know if you want to read that. <laughs> Baseball 101, throwing mechanics more important than you think. <laughs> so if you just want to look over that a little bit, and I'd be cool. ha- happy to work with you guys. If you come down to the field, we, we can get that going. So On better it. than Tom Amansky. Here we go. What happened with Tom Amansky? Tom Amansky videos. Oh, uh, instructional yeah, you, you videos. On, yeah. Yeah. Fred McGriff. Okay, yeah. what, what I realized with this is that I am way, un- I am way less athletic than I thought. <laughs> like, like I used to think I had a normal pitching motion, and then you see yourself in film and you go, oh my goodness. We all think we're better than we are, but you've got to get a little more, bit more on the backside, yes, Jerem. Yes, yeah. thank Spencer, you. Spencer gets it back there a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I was like, are my mechanics so yeah. abominable, Mike? <laughs> no. They're okay. Yeah, they're he handed okay. this to me, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Message loud uh, received loud and clear. Uh, th- I, we, we appreciate you guys doing that. It was awesome. Was a good day. That was, yeah, that was very fun. Ralph Sobel joked with me, the uh, sports information director for BYU Baseball, and said, you threw out the first pitches and they lost. So it's, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's true. I wish we could blame it on that, but <laughs> there's some other things that I won't talk about today. Is it a, a, You're 20-3, and three, so anytime you lose, it's like, whoa, what happened? Because it's happened so few times. It, is it a shock to the system, to you like it is to us? You know, not really. I mean, we look at every game the same. We, we really do. And now that we're in league play, we understand that it's going to be – you know, last year we played Nebraska, Oklahoma, Santa Barbara, and, and uh, those teams were – when we got into league play, there was no surprises whatsoever. And this year we played Sanford and Kansas and really good teams, but – I think as we move into league play, it's kind of the same and, and maybe even seeing a little bit better pitching in league, just one, one through three, the starters. And so um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really – our record doesn't really concern me. In league, the record means something because the top four teams get in the tournament. That's, that's all that we care about right now. We want to win the league, um, secondarily get in the tournament and get to a regional. Those are our goals. And, and um, you know, so a loss here or there doesn't matter as long as we're winning series, winning the games we're supposed to win. Currently tied for first place in WCC play with a 4-2 and two record after winning 2-3 of three in the opening two series of West Coast Conference play. But now you're throwing a curveball with the news that Kyle Dean is going to miss six weeks. He's been you know, a fantastic freshman and has brought a lot to the program. Jason Shepard reporting that it is a stress reaction, and that's what happens prior to a stress fracture. So this is a precautionary move. Again, he's out six weeks. What went into that decision, and, and what was that conversation like with Kyle? Well, I mean, it's been an ongoing conversation with, with the training staff and myself and Kyle and trying to figure out really what it was, you know. Um, 
But I let all those decisions be handled by the, the, our medical team. Alex Davis, our head trainer, Dr. Rich, um, our, our team doctor, and whatever they say goes. And so when they say six weeks, I don't say, well, what about three? You know, what about two? You know, I, I, I just I stay out of that and let the professionals do their job and, and try to not stick my nose where it doesn't belong. And so when they say six weeks, it's six weeks. And then I met with Kyle and said, hey, this is a plan. Met with him yesterday morning and said, this is our plan. Um, right now, he's gonna want, he wants to go see a nutritionist because he's a little bit nervous. If he's not lifting, not doing anything, that he's going to get heavy. And I'm like, okay, you'll probably still burn some calories. You're 18 years old. But, uh, <laughs> and then and he's going to concentrate on his grades and, and really kind of just he's – a, he's a mature kid. I mean, when I say that, he's, he's so much more mature than his 19 years uh, that he's been here. I mean, it's, it's amazing to – and that it carries over to his his baseball just acumen and everything about him is just exudes maturity and so hey it's just one of those things that happens in athletics we have to move on. Mike, the nice thing is last year you had an injury to a significant player in the outfield, Eric Urey, and it kind of hurt the team at yeah. the end. Yet this team, you've got Keaton Kringlin and Brock Hale who have seemed to step up in his yeah. place. No doubt, uh, Brock Hale was in there at first, and then Brock has a little bit of an arm issue that he's just coming off of, and so we we try to play him. Not, not have him take infield, and, and then pretty soon Pacific sort of thinking, hey, again, not throwing really like he, like he should. And so then we made the switch to Keaton Kringlin, who stepped in and took – I mean, it's all about opportunity and taking – you know, just taking advantage of that opportunity. Brock did it. Keaton's done it now. And, man, thankful for the team. I mean, they, you know, as far as the team goes, because those guys are trying to fill big shoes with Kyle, and, and uh, they've, they've done great at it. I mean, it's, it's been awesome. So aside from Kyle Dean and having to kind of you know shift things around in right field with the starting lineup of a team that is twenty and three, what would you say that is your is your number one concern right now moving forward with the current status of BYU baseball? Um, just really getting our starting pitching settled. We know Mike Rucker is going to be our first starter. Um, Maverick Buffalo has been our number two starter, but you know he had a really, to be honest, a horrible outing last time and, and a and a bad outing against Niagara. Um, I had a long conversation with him after his outing and talking about some different things, and he'll be back in there this week as number two starter. And then Connor Williams, you know, it's, uh, uh, he's got big-time stuff. Um, his, his ceiling is so high. I mean, he could be in the big leagues, really, with his stuff, but he's just got to throw strikes. He threw three innings, 68 pitches on, on Saturday, which is a really high pitch count. Um, and, and so we're hoping to get him four or five innings. But he did. I mean, if we could have scripted that game, that's exactly how we would have done it. He throws three, cut the game down to turn into a six-inning game with Hayden Rogers and Easton Walker and, and Mason Marshall left in the pen. It worked out perfect, but it's kind of like it's kind of like playing with fire a little bit. Instead of having three solid starters, you know they're going to go six, seven, eight innings. Um, that's probably my biggest concern right now. We've buried the lead here. I want to talk about uh, m- maybe an issue on the team of, of real concern is performance enhancers. Have, are there guys <laughs> using dye on their mustache? <laughs> You know, you probably saw Daniel Schneeman, his burn marks, and so that's probably where you, that's probably where you got that from. Yeah, some guys need those performance-enhancing uh, mustache dyes. But, um, so Daniel, I, he's a freshman, and uh, I don't think it was coming in like he wanted it to. So he tries some dye and oh. ends up getting burnt, and so he had to shave it, and so now he's got some burn marks. So he's got a, he's got a red mustache, um, oh. but it'll probably be blister mustache in a couple of days. But Who has the worst mustache on the team? Um, you know, some people say the worst or best is Coach Pratt. Um, I don't know. How is it have the you worst? Seen, have the you seen? Yeah, that thing so is amazing. Some people say worst. Some people say best. It's just it's about our. It's like our anthracite uniforms. Some people hate them. Some people love them. So <laughs> anthracite. I yeah, love that and word. I would say Keaton Kringlin probably. To me, 
probably has the worst. I mean, people like his, but <laughs> there's the real answer. You know, it's yeah. So that's pretty ugly. Um, but they're all pretty ugly, so they're on the same boat. I like I like after a big base hit at a critical time or whatever. Now the su- the signal from the base <laughs> yeah. pass has been like yeah. to smooth the mustache yeah. out. I'll tell you what. It seems like a small thing, but it's been a great team builder. And honestly. Uh, people ask me, why don't you have one? And, and here's the real truth. I mean, the co- head coach is always the last to know. I mean, it's like after the after we won three or four games down in Vegas, and then we go down to Sanford and win a game, and like everybody's kind of got some like a, a five o'clock shadow. Of, above. Nice I'm like, what's going on? Oh yeah, we're mustache. Oh okay, thanks for letting me in on it. Yeah. So I can't go back now and, and try to start doing you it. You gotta would, go from I the would beginning. Jinx it. Yeah, I would jinx it. So. I'm good. And there's that superstition. There we go. In, right? Exactly. It's baseball. It's when, baseball. When we went to throw the first pitches, I was so careful not to touch the <laughs> third baseline. I was like, yeah. like exaggerated the movement. Well, here's yeah. how far that goes. So I've got I've got this Apple Watch that I always wear, and then but I wear a, my just Timex for out on the field, and you know it's got the stopwatch and everything. And I had this on Saturday, and I sprinted back because I, I don't want to change watches right now. I don't want to change anything while we're going so well. So I sprint back. I mean, it's like two minutes before the game. Sprint back into my locker, get my other watch, put it on. And, I mean, those are, those are the stupid things we think about. So, so you use the Timex yeah. watch on the field. Absolutely, yeah. You, you can't have, change it up. Yeah. You can't okay. change it up. Yeah. <laughs> I love it Baseball so much. Baseball is the most superstitious. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty stupid. Headed back out on the road after a nice lengthy homestand. It was, I'm sure, wonderful to be in your, your bed at home and not have to do a ton of traveling. But now back out on the road in WCC play against Portland. What do the pilots bring to the table in terms of competition? Well, they have a new they have a new coach. They're thirteen eleven right now. They play they play uh, Seattle tonight, so could be thirteen twelve, could be fourteen eleven. Who knows? But they're they're a much better team. Last year they didn't play with any confidence. They had you know they were they were pretty selfish at bats and kind of just going out there to just to play the game. And their coach really wasn't into it. I mean, he was disengaged. It seemed like they've got a new coach who came from from a D three school who's really energized them. Uh, they're, they're playing really well, and they're playing with confidence. They've got 70 in 20, the 22 games, 23 games. They've got t- over 70 stolen base attempts. They're going to really run. Hmm. Now, they only have 40-something you know, success, uh, successes, but th- that percentage isn't great. But still, they're going to put the pressure on and run. Their starting pitcher is great. Um, he's going to be a lot like the three pitchers we saw at LMU, throwing strikes, upper 80s. Um, you know, he's, he's facing Rucker, though. So that's nice from our standpoint. That, uh, that we always have a chance with Mike going out there. One nice thing is we play, you know, the, it, I think the word's out that we want, we want to try to get a, a, a turf field or at least a different surface. Our, our surface at Miller Park isn't great, whether it's natural grass or, or turf, but they've got a brand new turf field up there this second mm-hmm. year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to going playing on that and kind of see what that's like because that might be the, the prototype that we, we want to fashion our field after. So that's going to be kind of fun as well. Head coach of BYU Baseball, Mike Littlewood in Studio B, we appreciate the gift. Baseball 101. Do we? Throwing mechanics <laughs> more important than you think. Yeah. Fundamentals. I don't need fundamentals. Yeah. I need fun. Let's break it down. We'll do our homework, and specifically I'll make sure Jerem does his homework. There we go. Great. Free anytime for a lesson. (laughs) Of course, we need to uh, give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the road trip as you head up to Portland. Speaking of superstitions. Do you go to Voodoo Donut? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Nike Nike Employee Store and Voodoo Donuts. Those are the only two two places we're going to get. Love it. Love it. My wife's from that area. I grew up in Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Voodoo's the best. Mike, good luck in the Northwest, man. Keep it rolling. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. On the bluff. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, interviews with Kyle Collins with Chase Fisher from New York. But first, Dave McCann is live from the Big Apple. He's been hanging out with the team. What's the vibe surrounding the Cougars right now? Did he go to Springsteen last night? 
Welcome back, Sports Friends Game Day for BYU Basketball in New York City. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. As always, we Game are presented day. by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we will be live with our Countdown to Conference. We call it BYU Sports Nation. Check it out Saturday. Elder S. Gifford Nielsen, former BYU quarterback, now General Authority with Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, will join us on that show, 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday. We have a countdown to tip-off tonight. Before the NIT semifinal game, that on, starts man. at 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain Time from the BYU Sports Nation desk. Of course, it's game day for BYU men's basketball. They take on Valparaiso in the NIT semifinals live on ESPN and BYU Radio, 7 Eastern Time. The baseball team is ranked 26th in the writer's poll, number 24 in the coach's poll. Also, freshman outfielder Kyle Dean is out at least six weeks with a stress reaction back injury. Men's volleyball number three in the AVCA poll, the new number one team, UCLA, who the Cougars play two against this weekend on the road. Men's, uh, men's volleyball, you mentioned. Uh, I'm going to do the next one now. Jimmer Fredette <laughs> is, scored 18 <laughs> points, had five steals, five assists, and three rebounds in the Westchester Knicks win. He will join us on Countdown to Tip Off now. This is the first time I've blushed on the show in like 100 days. <laughs> I'm allegedly a professional. It's live television. We're professionals. Is it? We talk for a living. Joining us now, another man who talks for a living. He does a pretty good job at it. A really good job, in fact. Dave McCann on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline from New York City. Dave, welcome back for a second day in a row. Hey, my pleasure to uh, to be with you. It's great. Did you end up going to Bruce Springsteen last night? No, no. Uh, being uh, myself as Mr. Excitement, we had dinner around the corner and I went to bed. That's, <laughs> that's, it was a long. It was, you know what? It was. It was. I think I'd been up since uh, there was some Easter middle of the night hiding festivities sometime between Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. A small nap, and then everything else. The so last night, uh, it uh, it came to a crashing halt. But uh, hey, it's a new day. The sun's up. The rain stopped, and uh, uh, we're excited for the game tonight. Yeah, big game for the Cougars tonight against Valpo. As mentioned, six Eastern time. More from Dave on uh, countdown to tip off. But you've been at the team hotel and interacting with the players. What's the vibe now in day two with these guys i think they just have nothing to lose um they, they you know i was with uh with uh, collinsworth and fisher and emory and uh, austin and Celius for a little bit last night and uh and fisher as you know is a stand-up comedian and uh he's this new york the bright lights of new york are, are he is soaking in uh and uh it's one joke after the other i think uh i think they're just happy to uh have a chance to go back out and play, and uh, they're playing well. They've won nine of their last 11. Uh, Valpo's won eight of their last 10. These two teams can probably say they're playing their best basketball of the season right now, and when you're playing good, you just can't wait to get back out there and, and play some more, and I think that's the, the general buzz from this BYU group. Dave McCann joining us live from New York. You'll hear his conversations with Kyle Collinsworth and the comedian Chase Fisher coming up on BYU Sports Nation in about 10 minutes. Meanwhile, it sounds like life got a little bit interesting yesterday at the team hotel, Dave, with kind of just some unexpected uh, surprises outside of the hotel. What was what was going on at the marquee? You know, we we come in for basketball, and and uh, and that's the big thing uh, in in the BYU world uh, into tonight. And and uh, but but for the rest of New York, it's 
you know, it's it's uh, it's everything else. And uh, the team went went and practiced at the New York Athletic Club uh, yesterday, and we went over there with them. And then we came back, and uh, our hotel, the Marriott Marquis, right in Times Square, was was blocked off. Uh, the block around it, no one going in, no one coming out, and uh, an army of NYPD uh, all over it. Um, the uh, Counterterrorism unit and all their vehicles, lights flashing, the bomb squad. And, oh, good grief! Uh, there was a uh, suspicious package they were checking out, so they just shut down this little clump of New York and uh, went through the process, uh, determined it was nothing, it was a bag of garbage of some sort, and then they cleared out, turned their lights off, and drove down the street <laughs> onto the next thing, and uh, all the mass of people that were stuck on uh, Broadway looking to turn in, just standing there watching and then barricade goes up and it's like uh you know it's like the front doors of disneyland were open you just everyone heads in and then i just looked around and we were right there at the police barricade and watched it uh this is this is every day in new york it's the new world we live in and a lot of times one of the great things about living in utah for the most part is we never have to deal with that but here in new york it's it's an everyday thing and this is how they respond to the littlest of things coming out of the Brussels bombing, and uh, and so it was a surreal reminder that um, this is every day, and we just get to pop in here and and play a couple basketball games, and then and then mercifully get out and get back to the Rocky Mountains. And there was some concern because that's where all the teams are staying, but luckily, like you said, it was just garbage. Uh, counting down to kickoff in the fall, we always do the Y factor pick, you know, before each game. So for our one off countdown to tip off. Uh, We'll we'll talk about it later, but keep in mind you, we want a Y factor pick later tonight. Okay, I think everyone's eligible. By the way, we just make everyone eligible. Yeah, with this team, everyone should be eligible. <laughs> There's no taste in hell because you yeah. never quite know what you're going to get. Uh, so yeah, I'll think about that uh, throughout the uh, throughout the afternoon. There's a lot of candidates that need to really play well tonight. Two guys that stick out, um, and on this big stage, you know, the first game for all these guys at this arena, per se, except for Nate Austin, but the two freshmen for BYU, Nick Emery and Zach Selyus, what do you expect from them as freshmen on this big stage tonight? I asked Nick that last night about playing in the Garden, and, uh, you know, he he is, uh, at some point in January, I think he took over this team, and uh, he, he he takes things a little more seriously. He the 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 victories or the the defeats are a little more painful for whatever reason it's just kind of how he's wired and and uh, so when you're talking to him as I was talking to him last night you're not talking to a freshman back from his mission anymore you're talking to a baller and um uh he said he couldn't wait to get out there and and uh, shoot on that floor it's an historic floor um but he just wants to win and uh Celius the same thing he's he's young enough i think to not get caught up in the uh my goodness this is new york city and madison square garden and and all of this he just knows that that he's got a couple of games left and a couple of classes to finish and then he's going to go to iowa for 2 years um so i think these guys come out and and you know literally shoot for the stars they've got uh They've got a good team in front of them. Um, they've probably exceeded expectations when you look at the makeup of this BYU group. And uh, and the two freshmen have been playing phenomenally. And, and so, yes, you could say save the day when Collinsworth was hurt last week or sick last week. And so um, I think they come out loose and, and do what they do, which is, which is run and gun. Our Twitter question today, Dave, is, 
What kind of impact will tonight's NIT semifinal result have on BYU season, win or lose? So, how, I mean, does it change the dynamic of the season depending on the result tonight? I don't think so. I think they're playing with house money. Um, I think if they, if they lose tonight, they come home, they had a, a decent postseason run for a team that's really had a hard time getting consistent play out of the center spot, uh, that's played freshman guards a whole lot, and, uh, and consistency's been a, a question for the, for the top guns with, uh, with Fisher and, and Collinsworth. I, I think 26 wins. If they lost today, they'd go home and go, we went 26 wins with this group. Uh, and I asked Nick that uh, as a freshman last night. I said, you know, if you, if, even if you win this tournament, you leave with 28 wins from this group. In the years to come, the, the barometer or whatever will be 34, 35. And this group isn't that far away from that number. And so I, I think as you look at what they have, uh, again, they're playing with house money. Win or lose tonight. If you win on ESPN, that's great. Um, you lose and everyone's, you know, season's over, but Final Fours is Saturday and they get all that, that attention that way. And uh, You win, you get another ESPN game, and that's great. But I, I don't think... Uh, I don't think a lot's riding on that. I just think it's, uh, again, I think they're just playing with house money. This is, a, this is a time to come out here, have a good time, and, and, uh, and see if you can win and live another day. Dave, for your sake and for all of BYU Sports Nation's sake, I hope that you have the option of staying an additional night and at least watching BYU compete for an NIT championship on Thursday night. Thanks for the time, man. Hey, looking forward to it. I'll see you this afternoon. Sounds good. Dave McCann will be live from New York during Countdown to Tip Off, our BYU Sports Nation special. He will talk to Fran Fischilla of ESPN. We'll also have a conversation with Jimmer Fredette, who is playing in Westchester in the NBA D-League as part of the New York Knicks Association. There's going to be big big names in the house in Madison Square Garden tonight. going to be fun, man. Six season. Up next, Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher's interviews with Dave McCann and the number one ranked BYU team plays tonight. BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of this show live, generally you can catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, that will not be the case. We will be live with the NIT uh, pregame show, the countdown to tip-off, as we call it, BYU Sports Nation, 6 Eastern time tonight. Check it out, Anson Winder will be with us here, as well as Dave McCann, live from New York City. We just talked to him. Great info from him. We'll hear from uh, Dave McCann, some of his interviews coming up here in a moment. But 6 Eastern time, we will get you ready for Valpo and BYU. We will also have a post-game show after the game tonight, so hang with us after the ESPN broadcast. What kind of impact will tonight's NIT semifinal result have on BYU season? We just talked to Dave McCann, who joined us live from New York. He kind of feels like BYU is playing with house money, so win or lose, it's like... He thinks that the only benefit is, well, they get another game on ESPN. I am of the stance that BYU has an opportunity to do something that they've never done, which is win four consecutive postseason games within the same tournament. That's never happened. Yeah. If they Yet win they tonight, have done this, meaning win this tournament. Yeah, if uh, they win uh, the twice. tournament, that's five wins in a row, and you a get to hoist time. a championship trophy. BYU has, as you pointed out, has no hardware to show for since they have joined the West Coast Conference. There's an opportunity to do that with two wins. Yeah, it'd, it'd be nice. Has BYU overachieved or not is maybe the question that Dave's getting at. At Wise underscore guys says, deep tournament runs help the senior seasons end on a better note. Those guys deserve to end on a high note. I'm glad they got to New York City for sure. It's a really high note. Is it an E or a C? You pick, you know. 
Dave McCann spoke with Kyle Collinsworth and Chase Fisher. We'll start with Big Rush of Five because that's his Twitter handle. That's right. And because he has 12 triple doubles is why people want to hear from him. Kyle Collinsworth with Dave McCann. Starting with this question, what's it like to end your career at Madison Square Garden? Does it um, seem a little bit appropriate that you're going to end your career in the most famous arena in the world? I think so. You know, um, definitely since day one, there's been a lot of hard work put in. Uh, just a lot of care on the off the court, on the court, just caring for what I do and investing in what I do and trying to make the most of it. Jimmer, I think, will be here. You played with him. Yeah. Does that make him really old, or does that make you feel like you're getting older? I'm going to go with him really old. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's crazy how that works. What will be the key to winning tomorrow? I think playing how we play. I think it's going to be a game of who can play their, their style of game. If we can get out, be loose, and share the ball and play fast-paced, then I think advantage does. Do you feel you got your legs back? I know you're feeling better, yeah. but are the legs the last to come back? Yeah, they feel good today in practice. I mean, under the lights and with adrenaline, we'll see how energy is. But hopefully it's there. I've been able to eat. I've put a little weight back on. So I'm definitely doing a lot better. I'm just excited to, to be able to play not sick. you got Muhammad Ali. has been playing there. Uh, Patrick Ewing. One of the greatest events ever at that, at that place. And, Collinsworth clan gets to have a moment. Yeah, it's awesome. And the big focus for me coming into this is just staying in the moment and uh, embracing each moment and just enjoying it, you know, enjoying time with my teammates, enjoying every little thing because this is our last road trip. It's our last time to be together. So every moment up to the game and in the game, I'm just going to stay in that moment and make the most of it. It's kind of been your theme for the whole year. Yeah, you know, because when we look in the past, we kind of have regrets. I should have, could have, would have type mindset. Future anxiety, you don't know what's going to happen. So the key for me in my career is right when I got hurt is I've learned to stay in the moment. Make the most of that moment with the future in mind, your goals in mind, but just stay present and just make the most of that moment. Kyle Collinsworth has made the most of some pretty spectacular moments in his career at BYU. As a freshman back in 2010, went to the Sweet 16 in New Orleans with then-Jimmer Fredette, as was discussed between Dave and Kyle. And now he's at Madison Square Garden playing in the NIT semifinals. Yeah, what a career for Kyle Collinsworth. I don't want it to end tonight. I would rather that be on Thursday because that means, that means it's the end. You know, The end never comes up on you and you go, yep, it's time. It's like, no, I, I don't want this to be the last game tonight for this group. Yeah, this group is almost like a, the transition between, uh, you know, Tyler, it's Tyler Hawes and then Kyle Collinsworth and then kind of the Lone Peak 3 and company. TJ Hawes gets home from his mission today. Yet, I want the uh, recognition of this team to be known, which has been defined to me by two things. Kyle Collinsworth's triple doubles, and then maybe the most underrated part of this team is the three-point ability. This team, I believe, has made the second most threes of any team in BYU history. It's maybe the most. I can't remember. But you have two freshmen that have been dynamic from the three-point line, and Chase Fisher has been an unbelievable transfer for BYU. What if Chase Fisher hadn't transferred here? I mean, I'm glad that that guy is a BYU Cougar. So it's going to be – and then, of course, Nate Austin, the all-time fouls leader and the all-time games played leader, the other senior on this team. So let's have BYU go get a win tonight and extend what's already kind of house money, as Dave McCann mentioned. Chase Fisher – with his three-point ability, I love it, the three-point ability. You said ability to anything you want. <laughs> Camera ability. Second greatest three-point shooter in BYU basketball history in terms of an individual season, right? He's behind only Jimmer Fredette. I think there's only two other dudes that have scored 1,000 points in only two seasons. 
That's what Chase Fisher did. I can think Buckets. of few things that are better than Chase Fisher and his in- huge personality. God's guns in America? In New York City. <laughs> he also spoke with Dave McCann. Uh, chance to play at Madison Square Garden to wrap up your collegiate career. What do you think of that opportunity? It's pretty cool. I mean, it's an historic arena. Um, versus a really good team at a really good event. So uh, it's obviously you want to make the NCAA tournament, but I think you know this is a great event with some great teams, and um, there's not a lot of teams still playing. I mean, there's only eight teams left in the country, so uh, I'm excited to still be playing with this group of guys and kind of hopefully we can end it on the right note. For an East Coast guy, you got to finish on the East Coast. <clears throat> Yeah, it's cool. It's, I think it's fitting. Uh, you know, I like to consider myself more of a southern guy, though. Yeah. With New York's not really my taste. I'm not a big city guy. I like, you know, West Virginia, North Carolina, Florida. Uh, but it's nice to be back on the East Coast where, you know, I kind of run things, and it feels good over here. Does Kyle allow you to run things when you're back here? Yeah, Kyle doesn't run. Kyle and Nate are at my disposal. You know what I mean? I could have a couple guys pull up in a van, put them in there, take them away, wouldn't see them again if I wanted to, but we need them for tomorrow. What are the keys tomorrow against Valley? Uh, I think really getting the pace going. Um, you know, they're a slow it down team. They like to grind it out in the half court. Really good defensive team. So I think getting out in transition, um, getting some stops so we can run, uh, and kind of getting the pace of the, uh, of the game going a little bit faster. And I think uh, that'll be the key for us. You beat three really good teams. Uh, do you feel this team is, is, is peaking even at this point of the year? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think we're playing our best basketball right now, and we've beat, you know, like I said, three really good teams. Um, and I think we're playing free. I mean, I don't think we have anything to lose. We have everything to gain, and that's kind of how we've been playing in this tournament. And I think it showed, you know, um, and I think that's just what we need to do. We don't need to put too much pressure on ourselves. We just need to go out there, perform, and play. And um, I think when we play free and loose, that's when we're definitely the best. Can I just point out that what? the following was said during what did that they interview? Just say? That Kyle and Nate are at my disposal. I could have a couple of guys show up in a van and take them away if I wanted to. But we need them tomorrow. <laughs> wow. Chase Fisher, the mobster. He's, he's the greatest. This is why I, the season gonna, cannot end tonight. I know. One more game out. Just win and you get to play again. I'm going to miss God's guns in America, Chase Fisher. <laughs> How has someone not made those t-shirts yet? Jeez. <laughs> oh, Chase Fisher. No no pressure. Next year's team, match the personality of Chase Fisher. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen. It's, it's, well, Eric Mika's back, so. Oh, good point. <laughs> Eric Mika. Good point. Eric yeah. Mika is back on Call his me Caesar, team. he said before his mission to Rome. <laughs> his Twitter profile right now says Caesar is back. <laughs> <laughs> Which he hasn't tweeted. No, it's, tweeted been, it's been almost two years. Quincy Lewis has tweeted as much as. Eric, the last year. That that's what one well, once more, right? One more, one more than Eric Mika. Quincy's got that on the big guy. <laughs> Up next, Jimmer Fredette's <laughs> stat line from Westchester in a Monday night basketball uh, profile, if you will, basketball contest. Match. Yes, contest. Game. Meet number one ranked BYU rugby back to work tonight, and how Jerem and I plan to smooth over an All American snub from the Associated Press. Oh boy, now now I'm all riled up. Garbage. Like at the Marion Marquis. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's, men's, men's basketball. Ball night in Madison Square Garden for the BYU men's basketball team. 7 Eastern live on ESPN and BYU Radio against Valparaiso in the NIT semifinals. We will be live at 6 Eastern with countdown to tip off BYU Sports Nation. 
Baseball. The Cougars are ranked 26th in the Riders poll and number 24 in the Coaches poll. Also, freshman outfielder Kyle Dean out six weeks with a stress reaction back injury. That, according to our baseball insider Jason Shepard. Volleyball. The Cougars stay at number three in the ABCA poll. The new number one team is UCLA. That's who BYU plays a pair with this weekend on the road. Jimmer! Prodette scored 18 points, had five steals, five assists, and three rebounds in a 131-115 Westchester Knicks win against the Canton Charge. Jimmer will join us tonight on a special edition of BYU Sports Nation countdown to tip off at 6 Eastern time. Rugby! The top-ranked BYU Cougars play San Diego State tonight at 9 Eastern in promo. Women's basketball. Okay, this I'm just so bothered by this. Lexi Rydalch was named an AP honorable mention all-American. They had three teams. She wasn't really? on one of the three. She couldn't be on at least the third team. Top five scorer, single-digit seed, regular season champ. Garbage. Really, AP? Garbage. <sighs> that said, today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We are naming Lexi Rydalch first team BYU Sports Nation All-American. All-American. Yeah, we did that. Take that, AP. Yeah. Credible establishment for over 100 years. <laughs> We've been on the air for two and a half. Hey. Got to start somewhere. BYU football holding practice number 13, Jerry. Practice number 13 today after uh, Fred Warner told the media that coaches are anxious to get started on Arizona uh, and begin film prep after Saturday's scrimmage. And Francis Bernard might carry the ball after all, Kalani Sataki said. Wait a second. I Both thought he was just ways? a linebacker, but it sounds like you might have a couple guys. Troy Warner might be. I guess we might find out in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 158. Still still enough excitement in yeah. inside of you to, to do a monotone countdown? Yeah, I, st- I still got a little bit of a cold, so I'm okay. trying to take it easy. We got two shows today. It's a marathon. What kind of impact will tonight's NIT semifinal result have on BYU season? Our elite tweet of the day, at our greenhouse, says, if we can win the NIT, I'd say this season was a huge success. Winning tonight is the first step to winning the NIT. It's championship hardware, right? Get some hardware. Never had it. Thanks to all of our guests. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to the great Stan 